Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Guys, I'm so excited to have Brittany Stokes here with us today. She is the founder of the Tulsa Girls Home Mm -hmm. and also of Project Orphan. And she's kind of amazing. And so I'm really excited to hear her story. She's also an adopted mama and um, just, wow, like you have done so much. And I'm so excited to kind of hear how you have advocated for just so many niches of people. And so you could go ahead and introduce yourself. And tell us a little bit about your family, and then I'm going to dive in with questions. Yeah, so my name is Brittany Stokes. Um, Like you shared, I am a co-founder with Christina Yarid of Project Orphans, which we probably opened, um, I want to say, nearly 11, 12 years ago. Um, And it really was an intentional um, mission to um, help other families who were internationally based and taking in kids um, whichever way they were bringing them into their home and giving them a permanent residency or a safe place to feel established in that country. And um, as we know, plans change and things evolve. And it has just kind of um, grown from being more of a support agent to um, really fostering um, changes specifically in Uganda, Africa. And then we have started some domestic projects like the Tulsa Girls Home here, um, focused on those vulnerable youth and um, injustices that happen within communities and really providing um, a change in a narrative that seems to be cy- like a cycle and helping humans, youth, kids of all situations really establish a sense of being and safety. We talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs all the time um, so that when they see injustice or needs, they feel safe enough to do something about it because they are full and they are filled and that they can recognize that. And so I always say it's a win when a youth or a child who's been in our program comes to me and says, Miss Brittany or Mama Brittany, we, there's this kid and I know that this is needed and they need help. And like, we have to do this and this is happening and this is wrong because it, it shows that security. It shows we've achieved something that they've been able to now think outside of themselves and provide empathy. And I really think that's, what's going to help break some cycles of abuse and chronic, um, you know, poverty and injustices that, you know, we see in our systems today. So, yeah. So beautiful. You're training them to be advocates for their people. Yeah, basically. I love that. that. Um, I want to talk about the two, if that's okay. Yeah. So first off, the Uganda work that you have done, Mm -hmm. you built like a little, a little village there. Yeah. Can you tell us about that and all the amenities and how you're serving the community over there? How yes. is serving the community over there? Yeah, so we started about six years ago, and really it was to help those who, um, so Uganda didn't really have like a social, like social work, foster care system, and our premise has always been very much against the like mass organized, like orphanage type model. So we 
basically brought the foster care world and that model of, you know, social workers and um, creating foster care families and support units to keep them in their environment and not be in like a mass um, like home or institution. And so we work with the police and over and, you know, different social networks and, you know, community leaders, village leaders, tribal leaders, and they identify, you know, orphans or um, children who are in extreme abuse and bring them into our program. And we either help them support that family to rehabilitate or they become foster, basically organize like children in our foster care community. Um we the needs over there it's just so vast and you can't really ask a mom to take care of all her children when you're seeing dv issues and health issues and their basic needs aren't being met and so it really just expanded beyond children to like vulnerable populations and so we have a special needs facility we have our foster care community um we have a hospital and a birthing center um, we also realized like moms took really good care of their children when they could hear that heartbeat and that ultrasound. So we're one of the only, you know, health facilities in a very large radius um, that provides an ultrasound to that mom um, so that she eats better and puts things, you know, thinks better about that life that is living and growing inside of her. Um, you know, we have our church, we have some schools um, that go you know, from primary nursery to primary, um, and a lot of advocacy and outreach. Um, I'm probably forgetting something, but it is not done all by me. There's, you know, we have over 50 staff there in Uganda, and they are just incredible. And I've seen such a shift in even their dynamic and thinking that, you know, just going from like living to survive to truly thriving I'm forward thinking. And I think that's been one of the most amazing parts for myself to see is like goal planning and um, long-term thought processes um, because over there, it's just a day-by-day survival. And so being able to help um, change that mindset is really exciting. I mean, you're equipping them. Like I loved look when I was looking through the staff, I'm like, it's not white people, which- whatever, however that sounds, I was just excited. It was all like Africans and yeah, just it, cool people. It's like truly, them. I think that's a really important um, key is like, we can't just bring our ideas and, and drop things and go. Um, we empower, they know they, you know, and I think that's the most important thing that we've seen is we didn't come in with a vision. We came in with tools and support systems and said, how do we get you where you need to go? How do we meet those needs? And even just how they see the need and even a child who might need to be helped, like what we would view versus them, it's very different. And so respecting those boundaries and those cultural views and um, meeting needs that truly need to be met in a way that actually like changes things. Um, George and Sarah are executive directors and Josephine is our director of our campus over there. And um, it just hats off to them and Dr. Ernest and just all of them who are really leading um, something that is not very duplicable at all. And so it's an honor to serve them, basically. I mean, I just love it so much. 
I read on your site that 16% of Ugandans have a disability. Mm-hmm. That seems really high. Is that is that higher than most? Yeah. And I think um, it's very sad because there's like a taboo with that as well. But we see a lot of like nourishment and, um, you know, honestly, fetal alcohol syndrome over there um, because they didn't want the pregnancy. There's a lot of rapes and situations there. So they try to take hand like matters into their own hands. Um, but nutri- there's just so many components that go into that. And when we opened, so there was one girl, her name was Janet and she, we had a medical camp that we were hosting. And anyways, this one girl who was in our program, um, I wanted to see where she lived. So I hop on, it's called a Boda Boda. It's like a motorcycle. And I'm like, come show me your house. And so like, I want to go see your house. I want to see where you are. She was new in our program. And so I followed her and I just heard this like moaning in this home And I'm like, what is that? Like, what is going on? And so, um, like, knelt down. There was, like, follow the sound. And there was Janet, like, covered under all this, you know, blankets and just hidden, basically. And she was disabled. And she was the reason why we started Blessings Cove um, and really changing the mindset around children with disabilities or people with disabilities because they're often seen as taboos or um, a curse. And so they have to live with their curse, but they barely take care of their curse. And so before we built any school, before we built any other um, program, I remember speaking to the community and we said, we're going to start taking care of everyone. And this child is just as important as our own or yours. And um, everyone said, there's not going to be that many kids. There's, you know, there's not that many special needs kids. And it just, they started coming out of all corners. And um, it's honestly one of our harder programs to get kids who have special needs um, sponsored, um, which I think is very interesting too. Um, You know, it's very sad that, you know, it's, it's it's one of our higher costing programs, but I think it's just really a heart condition and a mindset that we have to start changing in people. And um, and so I'm really it's really exciting to see these kids thriving and, you know, Ambrose and the others that are in that program just who are just mentally even there cognitively, but can't communicate. And you just see this light bulb of like love, you know, after that has come through and that's, it's really special. Um, But that was a whole journey in itself. A lot of our staff had never held a kid with a disability or special needs, or even like some behavioral special needs or intellectual. And I even think of like Winnie who they're like, she's mute. Like she can't talk. And now she's like a greeter at the church and she's like, hello. And she talks and it's just, and she was 13 when she was saying her first words. And so anyways, um, very special, but yes, it is high. Um, And I would say that number is probably not accurate because of how hidden those children are in the community. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. How okay. First <laughs> off, I want to know. I I read this daily confession. Is this something that the kids say every day? Yeah. Do you know it? Can you tell us what this daily confession is? I cannot say it on hand. If you would have not brought it up on spot, I would have probably got there. That's okay. Um, I printed it out because I'm like, I want to I want to teach yeah. my kids this. 
So it says, I was created by God for a purpose and I'm loved and I have love for others and I refuse to fear and I am an overcomer. My story is still being written and my best days are yet to come. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I saw that. And I was like, I, I'm printing that out for my kids. Like that's beautiful. Um, we call it their mantra. So I love that. Yeah. Okay. So my next question, sponsorships, is that just for people in Uganda sponsoring or is this anybody can sponsor and we can help sponsor these kids? Yeah. So that is just anyone. So we love it. Um, you know, to have these kids connected, um, my kids sponsor a child each over there and they can communicate. We COVID really taught us a lot about how we had to change our um, way we communicate versus just letters and those things. And so we built an app. So when you do sponsor a child, um, their teacher or their social worker, um, they get to, you know, send videos and like go and share your stories. And it really is this dynamic interface that you get to build relationship um, and support them. Um, I think maybe the children with special needs, it's harder because you're more so communicating with the teacher or um, a relative or someone from our program. Um, but I still, I mean, it's just so special. So yes, you can do that on our website, projectorphans.org. And then um, I think it's under Blessings Cove or Special Needs. Um, if you wanted to sponsor a child with special needs um, or a disability, um, it's $35 a month. And then you'll get information on how to download the app and you can start building relationships and you get updated pictures as much as you want. Um, so yeah, it was, it's been a gl- great tool. Um And I love seeing that like continuity and our kids growing with their, like, you know, those kids and just, you know, bringing it all together full circle. Hey, let's take a quick break. Mama, I know that you are doing a great job, but maybe there's something you've been neglecting, like yourself or your marriage, the rest of your family or the systems in your home, or maybe you're just ready for a change, but you don't know where to start. That's where we come in. Mama Systems can help you put systems in place so that your family is more organized, more peaceful, and more balanced, and so that you feel like you can get everything done that you need to get done during the day. We'll help make sure that you have a plan to advocate for your child in school and in the community, that you take care of yourself, your marriage, and the rest of your family, and that you have systems in place to help build teamwork mentality in your home and make daily life more manageable. All of this is doable and you deserve it, Mama. Check out mamasystems.net today. All right, back to our show. I'm really excited to go do that in a minute. Um, that's such a cool thing that y'all, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, we've been doing compassion for a long time and I'm like, why, why wouldn't they think of that? Like, I think mm-hmm. you're so forward thinking. That's amazing. Yeah. You take all the lemons of life and, you know, we can either get frustrated or stuck with it and where we can take it as opportunities to redefine what it could be for us. And so I think that's something I've learned throughout this whole process of motherhood and foster care and nonprofit building. It's, you know, we can complain and we can be frustrated or we can make it better. Um, And community is really important in all that. Absolutely. Okay. Before we jump into Tulsa, Mm -hmm. like where did this heart for orphans come from? Is this something that your parents taught you or? Um, oh, that's a funny question. Um, because I was working in corporate America and I did not 
want to have children. I was, I've never had this like mother bite or itch. Um, I'll always say I'm not the person who's going to be coloring and sitting down on, you know, I, um, it's so weird, but honestly, I think, I think injustice really bothers me. Um, and that part of it. And so long story short, my best friend, Christina, who also is the co-founder, she really had had this like heart for orphans, um, through a conference and it was just weird. Like it was just planted. Like one day I just woke up and it was just like this desire. I just kept hearing like project orphans, project orphans. And again, just wanted to be a support, but not want to be ingrained in it. And I went over to Uganda and my malaria medication actually canceled my birth control. And that is how I got pregnant. Um, and then I'm holding my daughter Briley and I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine what she could feel if I was to not want to love her or be there for her or be in her life. And it just broke my heart in a whole other way. And motherhood took on a whole different meaning and definition for me. And um, I think that's, that's why it's grown. And I think that's something that it carries throughout our decisions and all the processes that we have in Uganda, Tulsa Girls Home, just mission organizational wide is like, we make decisions as mothers would make decisions. And when you have that mama bear heart or that mama, you know, you love hard, you fight hard, you research hard. Um, and you, and that's, that's different. And, um, and it's, it should be the standard. And, and so I think that's what we do for our kiddos. And we all, we all bring different components of mother's heart and love. Um, it's so funny. I'm not a hugger. Um, and all the girls, homegirls, and all the PO kids, they always want to hug. And especially the girls, homegirls, I'm always like, this is like on a daily basis now. Like, I'm having <laughs> to hug. And, and they all know it. Um, they definitely don't respect the boundary, which is totally fine because that's what moms do. Like, you just love. And so, but there are others that, like, that's their that's their way to give. I'm like, tell me what I need to go fight today or who I need to go yell at or which law we need to go change that didn't serve you right. Or, you know, let's go do that. But anyways, hugging is hugging and that's that nurturing. It's definitely grown over time. And, um, I think it's, you know, strengthened me in different ways. So like, if, if you're to know me at all, I'm a big hugger and like, I, I was telling Brittany before we hopped on here, like how obsessed I am with her and how creepy that may sound. I just, I'm like, and what you're saying right now, I'm like, yes, I just want to hug you. <laughs> Not about the hugging part, but about yeah, the mama heart and how we're going to advocate and, and fight for our kids. And what a beautiful thing. I just love it so much. I'm curious if, well, why don't you tell us about the Tulsa Girls Home first? And then I'm going to wrap around my next question. Yeah. So who Tulsa Girls Home. So Project Orphans was ongoing, growing, doing those things. And then I looked at my husband. We had had our two biological children, Briley and Kinley. And I was like, we need to do something here. Like I'm not adopting from Uganda. Um, I love that some people that's their heart, but like, I know our kids in Uganda are good and they're served and loved. Like, I don't think I needed to do that, if that makes sense. And so foster care kind of unraveled and opened up and um 
a lot of people, the judgment there was like so strong, which was crazy. I was like, I thought more people would be like surrounding. Um, that was not our experience. It was, how are you going to do this with two little girls in your home? You know, you are really setting yourself up, you know, for failure and all these things. But I mean, I believe when the Lord tells you to do something, you do it and he'll give you the grace to get through it. Um, and we have to remind ourselves of that all the time. Um, and our, so we were like, okay, we'll just do kids, like the babies. We just want babies, which I'm not even a baby person. Like it's so bad. My husband did all the feedings at night. <laughs> like he is our, the baby whisperer. He loves babies. Um, and I'm like, mm, give them to me or I'm two. And you know, I'm just anyway. So we're, but we're like, we'll go with the safest bet. Right. And so the first baby who we call Bubba, um, he came three days after being born, weaning off of all sorts of drugs and, um, you know, just shaking and um, just like really broke my heart. And anyways, we have a lot of like tribal laws here. And so after, I think it was like four to six months, he did get Mm -hmm. transferred to another home, but I do believe it was, I did some like digging and it was with adoption intent. And so, um, But it was just really, you know, that was our first experience. And then we did some respite. And then we had two boys who were the exact same age as our daughters. And they literally looked all identical. Like, it looked like we had two sets of twins. And, um, again, like, people were just like, oh, like, what is going on? What are you doing? And um, from there, it was just like this, like, seeing things in a whole different way and the system and um, the, the biases that we have and we just think, um, to protect ourselves. And, um, and then we jumped into this training, which we thought was a training. And there was actually like hundreds of kids there. And it was like this adoption event. They're like, pick one, we'll introduce you. And we're like, this is insane. It's like a puppy event. And like, truly it was crazy. Um, and then, a teenager miracle came up to us and was like, Hey, um, do you mind talking to me? Cause this family is here and they were interested in me last year and I'm not, they don't, they never adopted me and I really don't want to like go. And, and we're like, perfect. We'll talk to this teenager who will not adopt. And anyways, long story short, three hours later, she was like, Hey, would you adopt me and my sister? And I'm like, how do you say no to this kid? And she had been in the care for about nine years, um, very underserved. Um, Her sister was not able to stay with us um, just due to the needs that she needed. And she had asked for sibling separation. And she had also been abused in foster care for four years with a prominent leader in the community who we fought very hard. And he got seven and a half years in jail. And... um, And then we realized all the trauma, but beyond trauma, um, fetal alcohol syndrome, um, drugs, malnourishment, um, and then intellectual disability of honestly having a teenager who's functioning at a four or five-year-old level. And that threw us for a whole um, wind of learning and... um, And truly, I look at her and I was a director of a domestic violence and human sex trafficking shelter at the time. And I'm like, my daughter would be here, like 
automatically. And people would assume this is the lifestyle she chose and not knowing and being at that shelter. I saw so many women who are touched by foster care and just aging out of the system with no supports or this bias and um, truly not even capable of functioning or having those thought processes that us as normal, you know, as us as functioning adults could have. And, um, and that really is what prompted the Tulsa Girls Home, um, seeing that there was this complete need for not institutionalized care, not um, cold homes who are profiting off of children, but like a home that poured into girls who need to know their worthiness and love and value and um, take every statistic and like literally stomp on it because they can do it. Um, they just need someone to believe in them. And we saw all sorts of biases um, and it like literally went national news and um, no one wanted to support this group. And still to this day, it's very hard. Um, you know, it's just very frustrating. The daily um, biases that we have to fight for these girls over and over again. You'll so, I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me because I feel like we've yeah things all the way. But at the same time, I'm like, it's such a beautiful gift you're giving. Yeah. How in the world could people be against this? I don't know. I just feel like there's a, um, and really people need to be apologetic in their view of children in foster care, um, young, old, in between, female, male, black, white, all in between, like, um, Christians, non-believers, all of it, like, we got to do better, um, and we, and we have to realize, like, they're not bad kids, they didn't choose this. Yeah. It wasn't their journey. Um, and I always say, like, as a believer, um, my job here on earth is not to do things that make me feel good. And um, I know everyone says, oh, like, I didn't do this, like, to make me feel good. Foster care hurts. But, like, honestly, it is very um, – I always – beyond just hurt, right? Like we experience hurt all the time, emotional hurt, whatever people let us down, frustratedness, depression, all those things. Like, I think in America, just the use of time and like being inconvenienced is very even more so. And foster care and serving and ministry, like true ministry is being inconvenienced daily. And, um, and and we have to be okay with that because it's not our purpose here. And so um, even here, in, whether it's Uganda, I'm getting a call or Tulsa Girls Home, like you drop stuff as a mom to meet that need. And that is so powerful. Reach. <laughs> Love it. So. Um, okay. So besides people hopping on and sponsoring sweet child over in Uganda right now what else do we need to do to support you and and love on all the girls you're loving on and all the people that you're loving on um well I think here like as far as like advocacy I mean you guys are doing it like you talked about like being foster care parents and loving and like not critiquing anyone's way of doing something like I think we got to like really be okay with being honest like it's okay to not agree. And it's okay to say, we all really don't know. 
we're just doing our best. And I think with the girls home specifically right now, like it's hit me in the face how like, unless these girls are going back to abusive situations or, um, and if they are not capable of going to college, which is a joke that we're going to think 90% of our kids in foster care are going to just go into traditional college setting and thrive. Um, they are meeting homelessness very real in their face. And it smacked me in the face when they were like, well, I'm turning 18 soon. Can I just come live in your backyard and put a tent? And I'm like, I cannot have a bunch of girls living in my home. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, but I'm not going to say no. Like, so we got to figure out something. So we're getting ready. We are launching and we have launched um, TGH2, which is for our girls who are aging out of Tulsa Girls Home who are in part-time, you know, college or part-time tech school or um, part-time or full-time employment, just all doing something and needing that like stepping stone because that's what a mom would do. And it's like, again, like, yeah, we helped them get to 18, wahoo, but like what comes next? And if we're gonna really like change it from me having to take care of, or you having to take care of, or anyone else having to take care of their babies, like we got to hold their hand. And like women are so powerful. And when it clicks in one of our girls' minds and like that self-determination and resiliency is there, whether they have a disability or whatever, like there's nothing stopping them. They just need, like in Uganda, those resources and those tools and an unbiased view of who they are and and loving them. And so... um so that's kind of a big part of what we're doing. I think so much we think of like foster care during Christmas and those special holidays, but it's 24-7. And um, those needs are needing to be met 24-7. And so just any support there always is really appreciated. Okay. I want to be your best friend. Um, <laughs> I'm so grateful that you came on today and shared yeah. what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for advocating and bringing awareness. It's so important. You're so welcome. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.